All right, Happy New Year. If you had fallen asleep in church, that video woke you up, didn't it? Our video team here is awesome. I love that they put that together. And I'm so proud of you for starting your year off right and say, I want to seek God. It's the best choice you can make in your year. Well, I don't know if this has ever happened to you where you're texting on your phone or you're writing an email and your computer or phone decides to autocorrect it thinking it's going to help you out, thinking it's going to outsmart you, but it autocorrects it to something totally different than you wanted to say. Does that happen to anyone else ever? Never. Happens to me all the time. Now, this is just a kind of survey out of curiosity because I get to ask a room this size. Is it just me or does anyone else, does the autocorrect on your phone have a potty mouth sometimes? <laughs> like a dirty mind in that phone, okay? Because there's times where the autocorrect comes up. There was one time I was writing an email to some of our staff members and I said, let's pray that God fills the room again. And it changed it to this profanity that I, I can't even say it in church. I was like, where did that come from? People at Apple, come on, get your minds out of the gutter, okay? All right, but I want to share with you some autocorrects that are actually safe for work and safe for church. Check out this first one. It says, there's a burglar. Whoa, wait a minute here. All right, well. Tech team, if anyone can fix the TV, that'd be great. I'll use the side screen for now. Okay, there's a burglar in the house. Oh my goodness, call the police, get out of there. I'm coming now, get out of there. Now, maybe this has happened to you where then you type it a second time and it auto-corrects it again, right? Clearly the person says, no, there's a burglar in the house. I know, I'm coming. Mom, call the cops and get out. There's a squirrel. And you can see she had to put the spaces between the letters because it kept autocorrecting squirrel to burglar. There's a squirrel in the house. A squirrel, are you kidding me? I almost had a heart attack. Here's a funny one. Do you still need help sewing? I can come over Sunday. No, I urinated my pants today. <laughs> and then the person tries to write it again. I urinated my pants. I heard you. Why? Are you okay? I am trying to say I unhemmed my pants. I did not pee myself. <laughs> LOL, I was worried for a second. Here's one. Can't wait to see you, babe. Hurry up and get here. Woohoo, it's Friday. Forget the gym. I'm getting pregnant tonight. <laughs> Shouldn't we talk about that first? <laughs> I wrote Pringles and it auto-corrected. <laughs> I'm getting Pringles tonight. All right, this next one shows how seriously disturbing an autocorrect error can be. Your mom and I are going to divorce next month. What? Why? Call me, please. I wrote Disney. We're going to Disney next month. And this phone changed it. Well, if you're anything like me, your phone isn't the only thing that takes your best intentions and switches them to something worse. Life often does the same thing. We start a marriage or a job or a relationship with the very best of intentions and life gives us an autocorrect fail. In this series, all month of January, we're gonna be asking this question and answering it for different areas of our lives. What can you do when life turns your best intentions into disappointment? when you had the best intentions in some area and it turns into disappointment. I know this is the way I felt about seven years ago. My wife and I were three years into our marriage and we had started with the best of intentions. We were both committed to each other, we both loved each other, but we got about three years in and it just was not working. 
And I remember sitting on the couch at a marriage counselor's office, sitting next to the woman who I was committed to, but it just felt like it was going to be impossible. We had started with the best of intentions, but life gave us the exact opposite of what we wanted. Maybe you can relate to that in your marriage, or maybe you can relate to that in your finances. Maybe you can relate to it in any other area of life. I remember lots of seasons of life where I just realized, man, my health is out of whack, or my finances are out of order, or my work-life balance between my family and my career is out of balance. Maybe you're here and like me, you started a marriage dreaming for the best, but right now you're where Mel and I were seven years ago and you're thinking, will this thing even survive? Or maybe you're here and you dreamed and dreamed of having kids and now you dream of not killing your kids. <laughs> I don't know where it is in your life, but all of us have these areas where we meant for the best. And here's what we're learning in this series. God cares about the autocorrect fails that happen in our real lives. And he cares about every area of our lives. In fact, when God walked this earth as the person of Jesus, fully God and fully man, the first miracle that he chose to do was fixing an autocorrect fail. And a lot of the miracles Jesus did, he was fixing problems like people who are blind or people who are sick. But the very first miracle he did was something that was far less significant in the big scheme of things, and yet it was very significant to the people involved. And it tells us this story that God cares about the details of our lives. You see, this first miracle Jesus did, it actually happened at a wedding party, at a wedding reception. And Jesus and his disciples, they were invited to this reception, and the reception ran out of wine. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever encountered this mythical creature called a bridezilla, Anyone ever met a bridezilla? So when I was in high school, I I did all sorts of odd jobs to make money any way I could. And for a while, I worked as a wedding videographer. And I got to witness firsthand a few times some bridezillas. And can you imagine how the bride and the groom are feeling at this wedding when their party's going on? And this is a big cultural thing. I mean, people would pull out all the stops. This reflected on their honor, who they were, and they run out of wine at this party. Let's read the story starting here in John chapter 2, verse 1. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and... Jesus and his disciples were also invited. I highlighted that for a reason. One of the things I love about reading God's word, the Bible, is that it very often surprises us. If we'll really read it with honest eyes, there's a lot of times we're like, whoa, I didn't know God was like that. And here's one of them. Some of us have this idea of God or Jesus as just so serious and uptight that he'd be that friend that you're like, yeah, I would not even bother inviting that person to a party because I know they wouldn't come. They're just way too serious. Well, Jesus and his disciples, they're known in the community and they're invited to the wedding and they go to the wedding and apparently they're there having a good time and the wedding runs out of wine. Verse three, the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. Now, verse five, look at this. His mother says to the servants there, do whatever he tells you. In other words, Jesus can fix this, but you've got to do what he says. Well, verse 7, Jesus tells the servants, fill these jars with water. When the jars had been filled, now there were about six of these jars, and they were each about 30 gallons. So this is a lot of water. He says, now dip some out and take what was water to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. 
When the master of ceremonies tasted the water, which was now wine, miraculously, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over, and here's what he says. A host always serves the best wine first. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best for last. You've heard this phrase before, right? Saving the best for last. Like so many phrases that we often use, that actually comes from the Bible. As this story is where that phrase comes from, saving the best for last. So Jesus performs this miracle in an unexpected setting and in an unexpected way. And here's the key moment in the story. We already saw it, but I want to highlight it. It's when Jesus' mom says this. She says, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. You see, Jesus was there. He was willing to help. He was willing to do a miracle, but it all depended on would these servants do what Jesus says. And the same is true for us when he says, here's what to do in your marriage. Here's what to do in your thought life. Here's what to do with your parenting, with your health, with your finances. He's willing and available, but the question is, will we do what he says? Here's our big idea today. God has inspirational and practical help for every area of your life. Wherever, as you start this new year, you think, man, I really need to get this area of my life in order. In the word of God, there's inspirational, motivational help, and there's very practical help of here's exactly what you do as a husband. Here's what you do as a parent. Here's what you do with your finances. Here's what you can do in your career. I want you to think for a moment about your life and think about these different domains in your life. We've all got these same kind of universal life domains. There's our domain of our family. We all have some family domain. There's the domain of our career, what we do for a living. If you're a retiree, you can substitute the word purpose there. If you're a student, you can substitute the word school there. We all have a domain of finances. We all have a domain of community. That is the people in our life who would show up if we had a problem, people outside in addition to our family. There's a spiritual domain to our lives. Some people neglect that. They don't even believe it exists, but it's there. There's a health domain and a mental health domain of what we think about, the ideas we put into our minds and the images we put into our minds affect how we feel and affect our choices and affect our way of life. Now, as you just think about your life, I don't know which of these domains to you is an area you wanna work on in the new year. I know some of you are here and you're like, you're a New Year's resolution person, you're a goal setter, and you've kind of already got your goals written out. And if that's you, your goals probably fit under one of these domains. Others of us here, you're at the other end of the personality spectrum and you're like, yeah, I tried that once, goals are not for me, I'm not into that kind of thing, okay? And that's fine, okay? We're all wired differently. But I want you to think about these domains of your life. And I want you to think, where does God want to help you or where do you need God's help? If he could show up for you like he showed up at that wedding and do a miracle, which domain of your life would you want him to do that miracle in? Well, I hope you've had a great new year. Here's what I did with my family. You know, for 15 years I lived in Arizona and California, so I'm used to getting a lot of sun. And so when we moved here, I said, somehow in the winter, I have to figure out how to get some sun still, otherwise I'm gonna get that seasonal affective disorder, I'm gonna get depressed. And so after Christmas, we drove down to Florida. Now listen to this math, four days of driving in the car with the kids, four days in the car, full long days, lots of traffic for three days in the sun. 
and it was totally worth it. It was awesome, okay? I loved it. it. It totally filled my tank. I just loved getting that sun. And here's the thing. While we were down there, we get this text from our neighbor. She said, uh, when you get back, you might want to fix your trampoline. Apparently, there was a big windstorm on New Year's Eve here. And uh, here's our trampoline. She sent us this picture. It's a big trampoline. It's pretty heavy. I spent all Friday getting it uh, disassembled and reassembled. But uh, we saw this trampoline. I thought, you know, that's such a, a picture of the areas of our life where a windstorm comes into life and it just tips us upside down, right? Some of you, as you looked at those domains, you're like, you know what? My career looks like that right now, or my finances look like that right now, or my marriage looks like that right now. I, I don't know if one of your areas of life looks like this, or maybe you're in a place where you think, you know, life's okay, but I want to take it to the next level. Wherever you are, here's three quick points I want you to know about God and you today. First, God wants to help build your life. Did you know that? He's not against you. He's not disinterested in you. God actually wants to give you the best life you can possibly have. Most importantly, eternal life with God, forgiveness of sins. But in this life, God cares about wine at weddings. God cares about your career. He cares about every domain of your life. And he wants to help you have the best life you can possibly have. God also wants to help you have a stable and established way of life. In other words, when those windstorms do come through, and Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Even when we believe in God and our faith is strong, it doesn't mean that we don't ever get sick or get cancer or have difficulties, but we can have a stability in the windstorm of life so we don't get flipped over like that trampoline did. God wants that for you. God also wants to fill your life with worth, not just with stuff, but with worth, with relationships that matter, with purpose, with peace, with significance. Where do I get these claims from? Well, look at this verse in Proverbs 24, verses three and four. The word of God speaks to every area of your life. And in this text, it says this, that by wisdom, a house is built. See, God cares about your house. He cares about where you live and your way of life. Through understanding, a house is established. And the idea is not only a physical home, but a family. It's established through understanding. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So God cares about these very real areas of your life. He wants to give you direction he wants to give you wisdom. Now, I have to make a little disclaimer here because if you listen to enough preachers around in various churches or especially the ones on TV, there's two common errors when it comes to God and our way of life. Okay, now, forgive me for preaching here for a minute, okay? But every truth in scripture is like a paved road that leads to safety. And on the side of that road, there's a ditch of error uh, on of every truth, there's an error that's close to the truth, but not quite. And one of the common errors right now, especially on the TV preachers, is what I would call health and wealth teaching. And health and wealth teaching is a ditch of error over here on the side of this road. It'll take a verse like this and it'll say, well, if you have enough faith, then you'll always be rich. You'll never be sick. If you have enough faith, life will always be easy. And that's what Christianity is about. So send us a your check, you know? If you have enough faith, your life will be great, so send us your money, right? That's 
That's health and wealth. And it's this false idea that if I have faith, I'll never go through anything hard. But we know the truth of God by reading the whole counsel of God. That is, what does all of scripture say? And it gives us verses like this, but it also tells us that in this world, we'll have trouble. There'll be windstorms. And really, things like these rare and beautiful treasures, as we grow in maturity, we start to realize, yeah, sometimes that might be something valuable that's physical. But we realize what's really valuable is our relationships, our character, our peace, our purpose. So God wants you to have a comfortable, good life, but he doesn't promise that you won't have any difficulties in life. Now, on the other side of the road, there's another ditch of error. There are some Christians who have this idea that if you're really serving Jesus, life will always be hard, you know? And if if there's an opportunity for a promotion at work, never take it because God wants your life to be miserable and, you know, terrible. There's Christians who believe that, you know? And, And both of those are... Are, are not quite the full truth. The reality is right in the middle, God wants you to have a rich and full life. It doesn't mean you won't go through hard times, but what he wants to do is in the ups and downs of life, he wants to give you the best you can have in the low times and in the high times. So in scripture, we read about faithful people who believed in God who were very wealthy, and we read about people like Job who lost everything. And we start to realize as we read all of scripture that really it's not about the external things. God does care about them, but he cares much more about what's going on inside of us. Let me illustrate this for you. Did anyone catch the Colts game yesterday? Yeah, right? Awesome game. Awesome game. And uh, you might know that the Colts head coach, Frank Reich, is uh, new to the area, new to the team, and he's a great example of seeking God. He's a Christian man who loves Jesus, and he has sought God down that middle road of just, God, what's your plan for my life? Now, maybe you do or don't know this, but Frank Reich used to play in the NFL, and then after he retired, he had some great financial opportunities, but he loves God, he loves God's word, and he decided to actually go to seminary to get a master's degree and be trained to teach the Bible as a pastor. So he went to seminary, he completed a full seminary degree. And then the seminary, they saw his leadership qualities. They said, will you be the president of the seminary? So for three years, Frank Reich was the president of a seminary in Charlotte, and he was teaching pastors how to study and read the word of God. And then for one year, he was a pastor. And I I have have to quote him on this. He said this, NFL head coach, he said, After one year of being a pastor, he said, quote, it is the hardest job in the world. (laughs) He did. It's true. I will share it on social media later today, okay? (laughs) Harder than being an NFL head coach, so that's just for the record, okay? But but here's the real point of of this story, okay? As he kept seeking God for all the different domains of his life, he realized that, you know, the majority of Christians aren't called to be pastors. We're all called to follow Jesus and to learn his word and to live it out. And then to look at ourselves and say, God, how did you wire me for all these different domains? What kind of dad am I supposed to be? What kind of grandma am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do with my finances? What am I supposed to do with my career, with my gifting? And he realized God has wired me to serve him in the arena of football. And so he went back into the realm of football to start coaching with the intent of, I'm going to go as a Christian and be the best example of a follower of Christ within the realm of football. And so that's how he's living his life as a great follower of Christ. Now, the reason I bring all this up is that I read this great quote from him where somebody asked him this. They said, does God care which NFL team wins? Loaded question, right? A great question to ask an NFL head coach who has a master's degree in seminary and has been a pastor. 
I thought his, his answer was so profound. He said this, he said, when two of my kids are playing a game with each other, I don't care which one wins the game, but I do care what's happening inside of them. What's their character that's developing? What are the choices that they're making? Who are they becoming? And he said, it's the same way with God when he looks down and sees two teams playing. He really doesn't care which one's gonna win, but he cares about every player on the field and every fan and what's happening inside of our hearts, who we're becoming, what choices we're making. Did you know that in the same way in the game of life, sometimes the world around us says that you keep score by how much money you have in the bank or how big your house is or what your job title is. And the reality is God does want to meet your basic needs. He always will do that. But really God sees that those aren't where you're gonna find your deeper fulfillment. And just like Frank Reich says, if my two kids are playing a game, I really don't care which one wins. I care about who they're becoming God says, I care about who you're becoming and I want to help you be the best version of yourself. I wanna help you win at life in the things that actually matter, your relationships, your purpose, your peace, your eternal life. And yes, he cares about the tangible things in our lives too. You see, God's wisdom leads us to the best possible life in every domain of our life. So here's my question for you today. What's your next step towards God's wisdom that brings success. Because we saw in that verse in Proverbs, it's wisdom that builds a house. It's understanding that fills its rooms with rare and valuable treasures. And what it is, is it's the word of God, education in the biblical sense of the more we understand, here's God's plan for a marriage. Here's God's plan for my finances. That leads us to the life we actually long for. So question, what's your next step for some of you is to just continue in this series. I know some of you are here because you got invited at Christmas Eve or it's a new year and you're saying, I wanna start the year off with God and I'm just so proud of you for doing that. And your next step is very simply just keep journeying with us in this series. Others of you, you've been coming for a little while and you're getting this kind of meal every weekend when we teach the word of God. And it's time for you, in addition, to get a Bible of your own. We've got them out at our Connection Corner. We've got them in our church library. We'd love to get you a Bible that you understand so you can self-feed and get some meals throughout the week. Others of you are here and you're a little further along in the journey. There's been times where you were in a small group or you were in a Bible study or you really were reading God's word or listening to you know, worship music and sermons and other things and you know what it's like to be very engaged with God's ways, but life's gotten kind of busy and you've just kind of drifted away from some of those things. And for you, the way to start the new year is to say, I'm, I kind of know what I need to be doing to get God's wisdom for my life and I'm gonna re-engage in those things. For all of us, no matter where we are, where life has flipped over the trampoline in one of those domains of your life, you can bring that specific felt need to God today. And you can just very simply say, God, I do want your help in my parenting. I do want your help in my career. I do want your help in my finances. And if that's you, continue with us in the journey, but I do wanna give you one way to reach out today. And it's this, you can text to this number, 317-350-1996. You can text any one of these words. And what you'll get is a little reply that lets you know, here's resources we have. For example, under grief, we have groups that meet for divorce care for people who are going through divorce, for miscarriage care, for people who've lost a pregnancy, 
for um, loss of a loved one. We, we've got all sorts of things under grief, under finances. We've got some people out in the lobby today. Next week, we'll be teaching on finances. And I want you to know this right now. It's not a giving message, okay? If you show up next week or if you invite someone, it's not gonna be a message that says, give your money to the church. This is a message that is from the word of God all about how do you get out of debt? How do you save more? How do you every month when you look at the bills go, yes, we did it again instead of, Oh no, how are we gonna make it, okay? That's what next week's about. But today you can text the word finances to that number and we've got all sorts of financial classes and resources that we'd love to connect you with. If you say my marriage is the area I wanna work on in 2019, you know, I mentioned where Mel and I were seven years ago, where we are now by God's grace. There's so many moments in our marriage that I just think our marriage could not be better and it's not because I'm smart and figured it out, it's because we submitted to God's wisdom and his knowledge, and we did it his way, and we worked through the hard stuff his way, and I'm so, so glad we did. And if you're going through one of those hard times, or if you just say, I wanna keep it a priority, you can text the word marriage to that number. Same with parenting. Fitness, we've got a sports and fitness center at the other end of the building. We'd love to help you in that area. Faith, if you're here and you're like, you know, Christmas Eve, I believed in Jesus, or I, I'm still, maybe you say, I'm still not sure who Jesus is. I don't know if I believe. We've got a group that meets where it doesn't matter what you believe. You can be a Buddhist. You can be an atheist. You can show up. You can ask any question. We're going to respect you and dignify you, and we're going to give you the answers from the Word of God so you can know what we believe and what God says about himself. Church, maybe you've been involved in a church in the past, and you're like, okay, I I need to really know what is this church about? How do I engage with it? Just text the word church to that number or community. Community is that idea of who's gonna show up for you. And we do that here with our small groups. I was just hearing a story the other day of a family who said that our favorite thing about Connection Point is our small group. One of them was sick, the mom or the dad, and the rest of the group showed up and brought them food. They said there was so much food, there was more food than we could eat. And they said, we felt so loved. We have such a community here. Well, I'm going to admit something that is hard for me to admit as a man. Most of you know I'm a car guy. I love cars and trucks, pretty much anything with four wheels and an engine, okay? And uh, I, I, I've done work on cars. I've done more significant work than changing windshield wiper blades. But I have to admit something. Windshield wiper blades are my nemesis, <laughs> okay? Because... There's a metal arm, there's a metal arm on the, the windshield and then there's a, a plastic piece that clips in and allegedly, supposedly, I've done a number of these, okay? Supposedly there's a little lever on that, on that wiper, the, the plastic clip that you push it up while you pull down and it just comes right out, allegedly. I've never been able to figure it out. And so what usually happens for me is I will fiddle around with that for, I kid you not, 15 or 20 minutes and then finally I'll just start to wrestle that thing and I'll just wrestle the blade off and then I'll get out my pliers and the plastic part, which is disposable, I just pick it apart and pull it out of the metal part that stays there and then I clip the new one in. It's usually a little bit messy, my style, okay? So we were on our trip, we were driving back up, I looked at the forecast and I saw we're gonna have a bunch of rain. We had one windshield wiper blade that wasn't working right, so we stop at a parts store and pick one up and me and Jack are putting it on. I thought, you know what, for once, Instead of just doing it my way, which is the working harder, not smarter way, I'm going to work smarter, not harder. And I'm gonna actually use my phone and look on YouTube and humble myself <laughs> and say, you know what, as much as I love cars, I can't figure out wiper blade replacement. And I'm gonna humble myself and I'm gonna take the knowledge of an expert 
and let an expert show me how to do it. And thankfully, the expert did. Now, here's our big idea today, our real takeaway. God generously gives you expert direction. He cares about every domain of your life, where there's pain right now, where there's opportunity right now. He cares. And he does give you expert direction in his word, but only you can choose if you will listen. Only you can choose, do you want to make 2019 a year of working smarter, not harder? Or do you want to make it a year of wrestling with the wiper blade and, you know, practically breaking the car in the process? It's up to you. My hope for you, my encouragement for you is to make 2019 a year of listening to God's wisdom so you can find his success. And in this series, we're going to go through those different areas of life and find his wisdom. But most importantly, we just want you to know we're here to help you in the journey. And I wanna pray this for us right now that each of us will just choose this in our heart. If we'll choose this, we'll start the year right. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you do care about all the details in our lives. Lord, you care about the broken things where life has flipped things over. Lord, you see where we're hurting. You also see where we're optimistic and we have opportunities ahead of us. And in all of it, God, we ask for your wisdom, which builds the house, and your understanding, which fills it with rare and valuable things that actually have meaning and worth. And so, Lord, I just pray for every person who's hearing me right now that we will just make this move in our hearts to say, God, I do want your help. Just like Jesus' mom said at the wedding, do whatever he says. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as us saying, God, whatever you say in 2019, I'll do it. I'll do it with my finances. I'll do it with my, with my marriage, with my parenting, with my career, with every domain of my life. I'll do what you say, believing you want what's best for me, believing you wanna help me. So God, we give this new year to you. We give ourselves to you. Help us to walk in your wisdom to live the best life possible. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.